0: It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say to this one. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn.
1: Good morning to you on a Wednesday here in Austin, Texas. It's Match Play Wednesday. Cameron Parker behind the glass. Craig Way in the air on the way to Kansas City as the Texas Longhorns in their first Sweet sweet 16 since 2008. Jeff Howe will be along shortly. He is stuck in that match play traffic. So I got Ty Henderson Across from me, Ty. We're back, baby.
0: There. Mike, one. Yeah, there, we, there go. we go. Now we're back. Now we're back. Yeah. I mean, I, I we had a great show the other day. Um, it's good to be back here with you, though, Cameron.
1: Are you heading out to the match play at all yet? Tomorrow. Okay. I'm thinking
0: tomorrow is the day.
1: So when you head out to the Dell Match Play, what's your? Are you just watching golf? You just getting some. Uh, Tito's vodka. What's uh? What's your what's your game plan? What's your itinerary?
0: A little bit of both. It's been a few years since I've gone, been able to go during the week. You know, when most of the golf is being pit played. In the past few years, I've um, I've gone on like Saturday and Sunday when it's only you know a handful of um matchups left. So there's not as much golf to be watched. But I'm really excited to get out there tomorrow. Like you said, drink some Tito's in the in the Tito's tent, and uh, you know, watch my guy Scotty Scheffler. I'm watch my. I, i'm really excited to see tommy fleetwood okay oh okay i know you're a big tommy fleetwood guy aren't you yeah
1: jesus yeah tommy jesus
0: so um i I have a little wager on him today
1: okay you
0: know winning his matchup he's a slight favorite but uh yeah exciting weekend's one of my favorite most favorite months of the year but definitely one of my favorite events in austin uh throughout the year for sure
1: yeah he's facing off against jt poston today jt he could not putt to save his life against the foul last week. So I love that Tommy Fleetwood matchup. Even even winning his group. Um where is the Tito's location at for the match play like, for those who are interested? Um I'm not sure.
0: Is I'm, it, usually, is that? I'm usually my, my judgment and okay. memory. Is a the bit water clouded. Yeah. Is it's okay. it's one of the big grandstands. Okay.
1: So you might be behind I think Dell, the Dell grandstand, hospitality ten, is right behind thirteen green. So are you I might be thinking of that tent, honestly, okay, so you could be I know I know the one across from eleven to part three is the Cadillac uh covert is that like the
0: eighteen eighty four what's the isn't there like an eighteen eighty four tent or something what is it I think there is okay I think i've've i, have, I don't, like the, I, I said I'm usually having a very good time, and my there my my memory's cloudy, but. so
1: usually I'm not frequently uh, frequenting those locations because I'm out covering something for the horn, but you you have the fun part of Look it. Look at so, you being productive, yeah. Well, if the weekend comes, if well, it's hard when Scotty Scheffler keeps winning every single one of his matches because it's you can't really enjoy yourself, right? That's another
0: guy that I have a wager on Yeah, today. He's,
1: he's playing the best golf. as We talked about. Um, Heavy favorite today. Heavy favorite. I like him a lot. Um, and then Chris Kirk and Matt Kucher Kuchar's playing Victor Hoffman today. If you're looking for some early action for, for Wednesday, Matt, Matt Kucher who – Lost to Kevin Kisner, I think three years ago in the match play championship. He's been playing phenomenal golf lately. He's always he loves his course. It I beats, got Kisner. You like I, Kisner? He's an Kis underdog. always good. Yeah, I always go. He's a bulldog. He's a bulldog. Ty, Kiss is always a good bet. Look at look at the guys who. I mean, Kiss lost to Scotty last year in the match play championship match as well, and Kiss wasn't even playing great golf coming into it. So it just seems like if you're a match play guy, it's a short course. You it's not a bomber's paradise, so that helps a lot of the. Shorter hitters, such as Kevin Kisner or the Matt Kuchers. But if you're interested in watching some of the Texas guys go out, uh, Jordan Spieth, he tees off. I think 12:16 is his first match against McKenzie Hughes, the Canadian. And then Scotty Scheffler teeing off pretty late today, uh, 2.50 p.m. against Davis Riley. That'll be a tough one. Uh, Riley played pretty good last week against the Spar. Out of their group, i like Scotty to come out. But if you're looking for some... UT guys, 250, get off, get off work, maybe take off work just a little bit early and, and catch the end of Jordan's match and beginning of Scotty's match. Hopefully the weather will clear up because yesterday was disgusting, time. It was pouring rain. Traffic around here is uh, it's not great, as Jeff Howe has found out, but it, it should be a fun week. Hopefully it heats up this weekend and we'll be out there this weekend as well.
0: Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I got, uh, the Saturday and Sunday lineup here at the horn to, to do. And I know yeah. Roddy Rodriguez, it's looking like he might have a little bit of extra time on, on Sunday before, uh, the NASCAR event here at COTA. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's looking a little bit better outside. Is it supposed to get sunny today? At I don't any think point? So. Uh, I don't think so. That's rough. But, but tonight
1: and, you'll be back in the studio as well.
0: Yes, for the, uh, the Flex ATX show. with uh, Tonight it's me, Derek Cohen, and Nolan Hogan. Uh, we'll be having some special guests in studio. Bryce Hager, former Baylor Bear, uh, NFL linebacker with the Los Angeles Rams and St. Louis Rams. I think he played for I think he goes that far back. Um, and then we'll be having some, the Hayes running back on room in. The names are escaping me right now. I don't have the sheet pulled up, but uh, it should be a fun night. With some uh, local high school sports talk.
1: I believe 7 p.m. start time
0: that's usually when i mean it's usually your show right that's when it starts right
1: hey it, we've hadn't haven't had it in like a month because of texas baseball damn so all the, all the wednesdays games yeah yeah so if you can't check it out today live uh hornfm.com or search flexatx.com or the flex atx podcast again ty nolan and Derek cohen the boss man
0: usually not the, not the on air personality yeah. coming in coming out of the bullpen though.
1: See that's why I'm, I'm not going to be on the show tonight because if Derek's going to be in there, I don't want to be. He's going to be t- taking notes and all that stuff. But yeah, make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll be back in next. We think Zach Lucero he's going to Utah with his uh, girlfriend's family. Look at Probably him. Probably shouldn't have said that on air, but you know what? Uh, Pastor Smasher has a question for you. Ty, Ty, are you bummed out that Dell Match Play is not coming back?
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an ACC member, so all the yeah, talk okay. about you know members being upset about it—it's like that doesn't have anything to do with me. I just like having a, a golf tournament here in town. It's it's really always—I mean, it's expensive. It's but it's good. It's, I've never not had a good time out there, and it's and what? How many of the top golfers are here? Was it 42 of the top 50?
1: So depending on how you want to look at it, it's supposed to be the top 64 players in the world, but there's uh, quite a handful who are missing because they're on the Live Tour. So. 42 of 50 is about right because you're missing cam smith and dustin johnson abe Answer, joaquin neiman so it's it's definitely the the weakest feel the match play has had in quite some time because so who's,
0: who's take the, takes those guys places is it just the next 20
1: yeah basically the next guy is up in the official world golf ranking list so it's why if you're looking at this year's you know list and it's not nothing against these golfers but there's a lot of guys out here that you probably won't recognize if you're just a casual fan i mean i mean guys like Ryan Fox, you know, doesn't really move the needle for you. Um, You know, even JT Poston, the postman, Victor Perez, Davis Thompson, Adrian Moronk, Andrew Putnam, Scott Stallings, Lucas Server, all great players. But Scott Stallings is the only guy I've ever heard of, of all those names. You're missing Cam Smith. You're missing Dustin Johnson. I mean, Phil, he's not a top 64 golfer, but when Phil was a top 64 golfer and could play in this event, it's a big draw. How many times did Tiger only play once? He played once in the Austin one. He's, he's won the most WGCs of all time, but he only played in the Austin match play once, which was 2018, and he lost in the, the semifinals to Lucas Biergaard after he beat Roy McIlroy on, on Saturday, which was the most fans I've ever seen at the match play in the four or five years I've covered it.
0: So and not only is this the last Dell match play here in Austin, but this is the last match play. Yeah, for now. Yeah, so do you think that's why why was that decision made? Was that a like the guys on the tour don't like it or is it just for TV viewing not as
1: I think there was a lot of different reasons into it. Um, I know Dell wanted to change the sponsorship to Intel. The PJ Tour didn't want to do that. Um, there were some disagreements in terms of the money and basically the PJ Tour just stopped negotiating with I believe the Austin Country Club and uh and Dell Dell Technologies. And so when they were ready to come back, PJ Tour said, no, we're good. And they have already decided they wanted to move the Houston Open, which usually plays in the fall. That's been bumped up to this point in the schedule because what the PJ Tour has, has done now, Ty, is they've created what they call designated events, which is basically the WGCs of the past, which is eight events where. You get more money. You get more. Um, there's no cut line. There's no. Yeah, there's no cut line. You get more money. It's basically trying to keep the PJ Tour guys on the PJ Tour from defecting to live. And so this year, the match play is a designated event. You get more money for showing up and you get money even if you finish in last place. That next year will be taken by the Houston Open, but that won't be a match play. So the guys talked about it yesterday. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler were all interviewed about the match play and what it meant to them and if they would want to. Have it come back, and both Scotty and Rom said that yeah, we love match play, but the way the schedule is, the PJ Tour doesn't have anything on the board for 2024. Now it could theoretically come back in 2025, but it won't be at the Austin Country Club. It would have to be in a in a different different venue. I don't know if it would be the Houston Open. Uh, it's got to be you know typically they look for courses that are great for match play style because not every course is great for match play. Like the Austin Country Club, great right, golf course would not work in stroke play. It's just, it's too, it's too short, but for match play, it's great because it does not favor a single golfer.
0: So uh, is Austin country club, the only course in Austin that could host a pro event or could something happen at like Barton Creek? I One think Barton courses. Creek would be,
1: so the, the PJ tour, it's not about the course. It's about, can they fit all of their hospitality tents? Can they have room for the media center? Can they have room for, you know, parking and all this other crap? It's about the infrastructure, not about the courses, which is why. So well, many... wouldn't
0: Barton Creek have better infrastructure? Well, than... it's so
1: hilly. I don't. I think it's so tough to get to, and with parking, I think it would a pain. It'd be a pain in the butt. Um, I've heard rumors about Cimarron Hills in the past, which is up in Georgetown. That's owned by Jack Nicholas. It's a really good championship style course, uh, Driftwood Country Club. That's brand new. Have not been out to that, but I've heard that it, it could definitely, definitely fit. Uh, a PJ Tour event. I don't know, um but it does suck not having a, a tour event because the last four or five years this has been the best week for me. It's it's so much fun to be able to get out there. But of course, with Live, I don't know if it's run its course, but it, it kind of sucks if if you're a fan and you want to go out and you want to see you know DJ or or Kepka or Cam Smith or Phil, you're not going to see it this week because you know they currently aren't allowed to play. And PJ it's tour also events. really hard
0: to watch that on. I like I can't find it on TV. What is it on like CW? CWF,
1: yeah. It's I I haven't figured it out either. Um, it used to be on last year was on YouTube, which I thought yeah. was perfect because you could just look on YouTube. But you have to. It's like on the CW from a certain amount of time, and sometimes it's on tape delay. Now, if if
0: a live event started in Austin, would you oh would that would you have any interest in going to that?
1: Uh, I don't think so.
0: Are you just the most PJ tour stand there is? I'm not really you, a
1: PJ you, tour stand. I just it's just not exciting golf for me.
0: Why? Because the team element or what?
1: The team element is cool, but it's not really different than the PJ Tour. You're still playing 18 holes. Like, sure, you're all teeing off at the same time, but it's like the last couple events, the whole point of Live was like it's going to be star power, right? We want to have like the Cam Smiths and the DJs winning these events. The last three events have been won by, I think, Charles Howell III, uh Carlos Otis, and then Daniel Lee won last week. It's like... Danny Lee, excuse me. That doesn't does that excite you? No. Yeah. I saw Oose
0: Hazen was in, in the top three last week. I don't know. Right? Louis. Yeah,
1: Louis Hazen. Yeah. yeah. But who does excite us? Is Jeff Howe. Jeff Howe, welcome back. How was the how was the traffic?
2: Uh West Bank sucked. It usually does, but not your Hama mater tie. This the the you know, the part of three sixty that intersects with it. It was worse. Coming north was worse. Like, dude, I left him plenty of time. Like why yeah. And I don't know what it is about this city. Like if you're driving in Dallas or Houston or even San Antonio is a little more like Austin, you're like in a line of traffic. You're like, man, there must be something really bad up ahead. And then you get through where the traffic jam stops, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, so, so what? What's what's the deal here? What are what are we doing? I think it's just people in this city don't know how to merge. Yes, I learned that a long time
0: yes.
2: ago. So, Tyrus, how you doing, man?
0: Doing good. How are you?
2: Good? How was okay. how was uh, Des Moines? Des Moines was lovely. There was snow on the ground the whole time I was there. So
1: Sounds
0: awesome. Couldn't
2: really do a whole lot. Cam, you good? Cameron, you good?
1: It took me 30 minutes to go from the exit off of 183 to the station.
2: It's the year It's the year 2023. I thought we were going to have flying cars by now.
1: No. It's, we're, we're going the opposite way.
2: <laughs> it seem like we're going the opposite way. Hey, before we get into uh, Longhorn football, some Longhorn basketball, and Cameron, if you want to talk more golf, right, Tyrus, keep those headphones plugged in, sir. I'm not done with you yet. You uh, you got anything new exciting in the card game going on lately? I got a. Uh, I know Bucky and Aaron don't let you talk about this, so we'll we'll give you this forum on Light the Tower to do it. A nice uh, college
0: Aiden Hutchison RPA the nice. other day out a National Treasures, which was I ordered it offline was pretty cool. Uh, I got a Jeremy Shockey auto okay the Ooh. other day, um, but I've been you know I've been slowing down. I had told you I sold my Trevor Lawrence Dragon Scale uh, card. It's a sweet looking card. I know. I wish money was a little tight, and you know, sometimes I'm just trying to collect guys that I like at this point. You know, you've kind of inspired me with your uh, yeah, my contenders. contenders
2: auto project. Yeah.
0: Do you like the deal I got on that Sam Ellinger oh card my that God. yeah <laughs> I meant to what? At, at ninety nine cents. I won an
2: ebay auction for that card for a whole ninety nine cents. Yeah. It was uh and it should actually be in the mailbox today. So we'll there you go. Mail day. That today. Yeah. Uh, mail I will have a mail day. Uh there's something else. Oh yeah, I went to Target last night, I had to run an errand. By the way, I forgot to tell you you Cameron, you'll love this. So yesterday I just decide, you know, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to get done, and UT had a basketball availability yesterday, and I'm like, you know what, I've still got a few things from Des Moines to pump out that I got from the open locker room access, I don't really need to go to the basketball availability, so I text my colleague Chip Brown, I'm like, hey, Chip said he needed to go, there was some stuff he needed to get, I'm like, hey, you know, do you need me? He's like, no, I got it, you're good. So, at that point, I just go home, like, great, I can get a head start, Well, little did I know, I forgot until I got home and opened my back door to get my backpack out, that when I went to grab lunch yesterday, I left my backpack with my computer in it in the office here. So I get all the way to San Marcos, and then I realize, you know what, if I want to work, I got to turn around and go right back to Austin. So I had to wait for the wife to get home, so you know, can't leave my five-year-old by herself. So basically by about eight o'clock last night, I finally got home with my computer and was able to get a little little something done. So Greg that,
1: also left his computer here Did <laughs> he really? Two days ago. So what's what's going on? I don't with know, you guys? man. Something's
2: I, in the air. I think it's just, um for me, I think I'm just getting old man. I don't know. My body's falling apart and uh all kinds of stuff. Um but no, yeah, Ty, that was good. I won that uh that Sam Ellinger auction for ninety nine cents. That's the the set that's the best deal I've gotten. I won a Charles Minahu auction for a dollar to get his contender's auto. And one, how many do you, do
0: you have like a a set of all these guys that you're looking at? I can run, I, kind of, I know, can run down go. the
2: names that I need because I'm keeping track of this. So I need to complete the set. I'll keep a lookout. Ricky Williams, Sean Rogers, so I've got Olive, 04. Derek Johnson and Cedric Benson. Vince Young and Michael Huff, Brian Robinson, all of 08, which is Jermichael Finley, Jamal charles lamma Brian Arakpo, Colt McCoy, Earl Thomas, Aaron Williams, the Justin Tucker card, which I'm not going to ever own because that's like a $1,600 card because it's his only, it's his yeah. only rookie card. Uh, all of 2013, which I have think I just bought that on ComC, Kenny Carl Alex for Marquise Goodwin, Deontay Foreman, that's little Jordan Humphrey. You just need to find time to get those. Those are readily available. So, yeah. I'm, Not too too many big ones in there. I'm sure the Ricky Williams and the I'm Earl hoping Thomas. that by the end of the year, all I have are like the big ones left. Like Aaron Williams is a big one because this is a super short print. Uh, I mentioned Justin Tucker. What was the other one? Michael Dixon is in 20. He was a 2018 rookie, but his is in 2019. And that's like a 50 to $75. Well, yeah. I,
0: I realized last week that, so a rookie card technically is just the first card that comes out. It doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be from your – because I saw a like Cavante Turpin yeah. rookie card out of this year. And people were like, oh, why do, why does it have the rookie – it wasn't his rookie year. And I'm just like, whenever yeah. they
2: decide to – whenever they decide to
0: make it. It's interesting.
2: I, I appreciate the texture. The Texas inspects text line is open 337-3776. Uh, text for warning me to know since I live in San Marcos. There is currently a porta potty blocking the southbound lanes of I-35 at exit 202, which will be the Aquarina Springs exit. So, if you're driving to San Marcos, there's a doo-doo hut blocking exit 202, so be careful. You've been warned. Uh, Ty, thanks for sitting in, man, while I no got problem. everything going. It's always always a pleasure. And I appreciate, your, uh, I appreciate your support. Thank you for everything you've done to your body, and uh, best of luck the rest of the day. Good, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day, too. Yes, thank you, Ty. Thanks, Ty. Uh, yeah, Specs Text Line is open, 337-3776. Uh, this texture says saving all your stuff to the cloud is your friend. Yeah, you know what, um, Cameron? Do you you have an you have an iPhone, right? Uh-huh. yeah. Okay, do you do iCloud? Yeah, I, of I, Okay, so my wife and I we get the family sharing gimmick yeah. where we share 200 you know it's two hundred I think it's two hundred gigs or something that we share. My wife's using like one hundred and seven one hundred twenty five gigs of it. Jeez, and I'm like, you need to save some photos and videos somewhere else because I can't save anything. So, in the process of trying to create some room on my phone so I can save some photos and some things that I need for work on my iCloud, I accidentally deleted all the notes that I had saved in iCloud. So, I just, I'm just i just going back to saving my notes on my oh, phone. Oh, no. It was like, there was like 39 note files that just poof, gone. This is vapor. Not See, there anymore.
1: I, I make sure I get the most amount of iCloud storage i can possibly get now because i had to do that because i had like the iphone 6 for about seven years and just refused to upgrade because i didn't want to spend the money and so those iphones they had negative storage right so you just had to get more and more icloud icloud storage that's tough because i have a lot of important data saved in my notes as well and if i lost that it'd be a bad day
2: yeah no doubt uh yeah i don't know how i got my exit numbers in san marcus mixed up exit 202 is going to be the ranch road 12 exit which I should know because that's the exit I take to go home. So I guess when I go home later today, I hope the doo-doo hut has been picked up and it's not blocking my pathway home.
1: Cause... Maybe you just missed Gerald.
2: Well, and then, you know, that's why I love this show uh, because somebody, uh, somebody said, are we sure that's in San Marcos, not in Gerald? Uh, Bizarro Dale Dudley said, so somebody from Gerald lost their house while moving south. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. So love you guys on the Specs Text Line. Uh, Cameron, I'll, I'll do this as a uh, – so we got a Longhorn Notebook coming up next. Inconceivable to close out hour number one, Longhorn Notebook coming up next hour. Cameron's got a flex segment for us. Uh, Cameron, I want to do this as a prelude to uh, the Longhorn Notebook coming up next. A- anything come out of practice or anything that we talked about on the show yesterday as the Longhorns got back to work? Now, keep in mind the practice schedule. They, they were on the field yesterday. They'll practice today, tomorrow. No practice on Friday, and then they'll get back after it on, uh, on Saturday because you got the coaches' Clinic and a lot of other stuff going on on campus on Friday, so they'll get after it on Saturday. Anything jump out at you, Cameron, that you're like, wow, we really really need to latch on to that and file that away?
1: The Cam Williams stuff from Sark I think was very encouraging about how he's gotten more physical, the weight he's lost, and just how high IQ of a player. It makes me encouraged as a Texas fan, and I think someone texted him yesterday in the Specs text line is that, last like now two years in a row where it's felt like the offensive line was a strength of this team and going into this season it might be the strength of the big 12
2: i'm not ready to go that far okay uh just because of what we Too saw much kool-aid
1: in my yeti right now well
2: a little bit yeah you might want to water some of that down uh as you take a big swig i i think this offensive line is good it it, it far exceeded my expectations last year let me just state that for the record but I think as we found out in the bowl game against Washington, yeah, Bijan and Roshan did a lot on their own to maximize the running game. Now, you give the offensive line credit, certainly. But I just felt like those two guys, their ability to to force missed tackles to maximize runs, you know, they they really added some juice to the run game that otherwise might not have been there. And and it turns out in the Alamo Bowl Washington had a much better defensive front, a much better run defense than I probably gave them credit for initially uh, because they owned the line of scrimmage in that game. I mean, Texas really just could not line up and run the football. So I'm not ready to say it's a strength of the Big 12, but I do like the fact that you've got guys that have room to grow. I mean, I've s- said it already this week. We forget that Kelvin Banks played as well as he did last year, as much as he did last year, as a true freshman. Yeah. And a true freshman that didn't come in for spring ball. Mind you, he, he didn't come in until the summer. So Kelvin Banks still has some room to grow, and you can go on down the road. But that was my biggest concern with the offensive line. And Mike Roach and I talked about this uh, two weeks ago when Mike was in town. My biggest concern with some of these Kyle Flood recruits, because I've, I've seen Texas, as Texas has tried to find different offensive identities, they've tried to recruit different kinds of offensive linemen, and, and the thought of recruiting big guys sounds great, but if you get a bunch of really big guys that can't move, now you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. I think Oklahoma got into that at one point. Just recruiting a bunch of really big guys that just couldn't move well. But to your point about Cameron Williams, we talked about it at Horns 24/7 earlier this week that, you know, when the team was practicing, he was getting a look at guard, even running with the ones a little bit. These guys have some versatility. Like yes, spring is the time where you want to cross-train, but I think Kyle Flood can because you've got big guys that actually have some athleticism to them that actually can move around a little bit. So they're not just big slugs you know, meandering around the field. They're they're actually, you know, 6'5", 330-plus pound guys that that can move and can play multiple positions, have some flexibility. So I do dig that, but we'll get into some other things because there was a few things that came up on the Longhorn Blitz podcast, which, by the way, you can hear tonight after the Flex show at 8 o'clock, you can hear Longhorn Blitz with myself, Matt Butler, and Rod Babers. Uh, Anywhere to get your podcasts, search Horns 24-7. Click that follow button to get the Horns 24 7 podcast feed and you get the any episode of every episode of the Blitz. Whenever it drops, it dropped this morning, bright and early for you on your morning commute. You could get the Blitz. So, talk about a couple of things there and uh, dig into some, some things Sark said yesterday. Cameron already mentioned the Cam Williams bit, but we'll dig into a few more things Sark had to say after yesterday's practice. We'll do that when we come back. Talk a little Texas football in the Longhorn Notebook here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Rolling along, hour number one, Wednesday edition of Light the Tower. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way in route to Kansas City. So in case you missed yesterday's show, our broadcast setup is going to be Cam and I in studio today doing the show. I'll be in route to KC tomorrow, so it'll be Cam behind the glass, Craig in Kansas City in some way, shape, or form doing the show. And then Friday, we'll just kind of play it by ear because Texas plays that late game, so... Don't know exactly what the logistics are going to be for our Friday show, but we, Craig and I have time to figure that out. So, uh, Plenty of uh, March Madness talk, Texas basketball, got Texas baseball coming up with a big series this weekend against Texas Tech to kick off conference play, that 11-game winning streak they're taking into conference play, so plenty to talk about, but uh, man, I just want to talk some Longhorn football. We've been so basketball-centric, and nothing wrong with that, because the basketball team's definitely earned the right for us to talk about them on the air, but Spring football's back, so let's go ahead and talk football here in the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Hey, Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock. bowersockteam.com. She is your Longhorn Lender. Head over there right now. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown, that home loan process. Craig has nothing but good things to say about how easy and seamless everything went. Thanks to Aaron Bowersock and her team. Again, it is bowersockteam.com. Team.com. Aaron Bowersock, your Longhorn Lender. All right. Cameron, I want to throw this question at you. I threw this at my uh, Longhorn Blitz colleagues, Matt Butler and Rod Babers. Of the three guys that returned to practice yesterday, Malik Malik Murphy is a full participant. Jonathan Brooks is a full participant. Isaiah Nair and Sark did say he's not a full participant. They are just monitoring his reps. He at least got back into drills yesterday. Of those three guys – which one do you feel like is the most significant in terms of their return to this team? And I mean, you can talk about it right now. Looking forward to the season. Of those three, which one do you say, yeah, that one means more than the other two? Nair. You said that without hesitation. Yeah. Easy question. Yeah, why?
1: I think Texas really missed an outside threat last season. I think we saw the offense just kind of the sputter without Nair, without that number three guy really stepping up. We talked about Casey Kane and how he basically uh, went MIA after the Iowa state game. No one else really became that guy outside of worthy in Whittington. I think Nair, I'm hoping Nair comes in and relieve some of that pressure off Xavier worthy and also can help take the top off the defense because the deep threat, which is a huge part of what Sark wants to do offensively has not been there the last two seasons. Now, of course, Nair he might be 80% when week 1 rolls around but I'd rather have him out there at 80% than have him out, not have him out there at all.
2: You know what's funny is when he went when he went down last year I said on the show, I wrote on the site because that's what Texas recruited him to do. That's why they got him from Wyoming. Like you looked at his numbers and you start – I mean, I'm not just talking about the 44 catches and the 12 touchdowns that he had his last year at Wyoming, but you start looking at, like, his pro football focus numbers and, you know, average depth per target, uh, you know, contested catch rate, all that stuff of a big-time downfield threat where the numbers should be. uh, Pretty comparable to, like, Gabriel Davis, where Gabe Davis was in college. And when he went down, I'd said the significance of the injury was – Twofold. One, now you lost the guy that you recruited to be the vertical threat. And now you you know, you can't use Xavier Worthy as liberally as you were planning on using him. You've got to kind of pigeonhole him into that role. And people said, Oh no, you're wrong. It could be Troy O'Meary, it could be Brendan Thompson, it could be this guy, it could be that guy. You know, some people, and myself included, to a certain point were banking on, Hey, maybe you get something from a Jai Hall. And Cameron, what happened to the Texas passing game last year, like you said? You didn't have a true downfield vertical guy that that's pretty much all he did. You put way too much on Xavier Worthy's plate, and we saw the passing game sputter at some point. So that's what I think the, the addition of A.D. Mitchell did is between getting A.D. Mitchell and Isaiah Nayer, whenever he gets healthy, whenever he's 100% ready to go. And like you said, Cam, I think that's a good thing to point out. He may not be 100% this year you know, because – Yes, technology and surgeries and in medicine has come a long way, but man, for for speed guys, an ACL tear is still an ACL tear. So you just wonder, and a lot of that comes down to to confidence and, and building that confidence back up and making sure you're good to go. So Let's just assume Isaiah Nayer, if he's 100%, that's probably more than you were expecting him to be this year. But like you said, let's say he's 80%. Between an 80% Isaiah Nayer and 100% A.D. Mitchell, you should have the vertical threat you didn't have last year. Now you throw in Xavier Worthy, if he has two fully functional hands, then you'd expect a better year from him, the return of Jordan Whittington. And then, you know, John Cook has had a great spring so far. I think DeAndre Moore's put himself in a position to get some snaps and and look, there's a long way to go in spring ball, but I like the way that receiver core is shaping up. So I I agree with you on Nayer's importance. My where I fall back immediately, my answer was I think of uh, right now, and I'm looking. I'm not looking at it down the road. I'm looking at it in the here and now. I think getting Malik Murphy back on the practice field and getting him full go. I think that was the most important of those three returns. Okay, because again, I'm gonna sound like a broken record. Steve Sarkeesian's been the head coach of Texas for two seasons. And each of those seasons, he went to the backup quarterback by game three. One because of a performance issue in 2021, and last year because of the injury to Quinn, you had to go to Hudson Card. Odds are you're probably going to need your backup quarterback to play significant snaps. And whether it's Arch Manning or Malik Murphy backing up Quinn Ewers, you want your backup quarterback to be in that role because he earned the right to be the backup quarterback and to be the next man up, not just because it's by default and he's the only guy there. And, and we might get to that point. You know, may, maybe Malik Murphy transfers after spring ball or transfers at some point in the fall. I don't know. That's just me throwing out things that can happen because it's the quarterback position. We're in the transfer portal era. You're not going to keep a fully stocked quarterback room at all times. But you know what? I, I know everybody has looked at those two quarterbacks, Malik Murphy and Arch Manning, in terms of, well, can they push Quinn? And, and actually, you know what? Sark can lay this out better. Can we got this cut with uh, uh, Sark? With Sark talking about uh, Malik Murphy yesterday, and uh, he goes into like the quarterback competition and some other stuff. So let, let, let's just hear this cut from Sark real quick.
3: Um. Well, I think Ethan Burke has done a nice job. Um. I think that, that we've seen. No, not that one. Flat. It's going to
2: be about uh, the quarterbacks. Do we yeah. have that one?
3: Yeah, I, I thought uh, Arch was uh, Arch. I would say today was his best day, um, which you know, should happen. We hopefully we, we've learned from week one and and some yeah. of the things of whether it's the the pace of play, whether it's the system, whether it's recognition of defense whether it's ball placement, whatever that looks like. And um, I thought today today definitely was his best day. All
2: right, that was Sark talking about Arch Manning. But basically when he was talking about Malik Murphy, he said that, you know, everybody likes to talk about a quarterback competition, but all, all three of those guys, everybody in that room needs to be able to push each other. And I know everybody's been looking at, you know, can this, those two guys push Quinn? And I've even said that, can those two guys push Quinn? And if they do, you know, if they have really good springs, that's going to f- hopefully – Force Quinn Ewers to raise his level of play and you'll get a much better starting quarterback than what you got last year. But that backup quarterback piece, that backup quarterback piece is so pivotal. You've got to develop that position. You can't, you know, it's the it's the most important insurance, poli- insurance policy in sports is the backup quarterback at any level of football. And if you don't invest in that position and you go to cash in that insurance policy, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle. Cam, you think you got this cut? All right, let's just play and see if this is it.
3: And it's easy to point to the quarterback competition. Every position's an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is he's the starter. Regardless, everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play right in in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board.
2: Yeah, for sure. So that's why I think getting Malik Murphy back is so big. you got to – everybody in that room has to push each other, and hopefully what it ends with is you end with a starting quarterback who has raised his level of play, who's ready to take a step forward from last year, and you've got a backup quarterback that if they are called upon to go in and play – is ready to go in and play. And let's be honest, man, that's what you had last – you've actually had that each of the last two years. I mean, you had that with Casey Thompson two years ago. And say what you want about Casey Thompson. Cameron, would you agree Casey Thompson played well? Before the thumb injury against the Oklahoma game and when the thumb wasn't an issue – I know I'm using a lot of caveats here, but we've seen a lot worse backup quarterback situations at Texas than what Casey Thompson gave you in 2021. And honestly – by the end of that run where Hudson Card had to be your starter, that was the best football Hudson Card has played in his time at Texas or that he was Purdue now. So the, that was the best football that he did play in his time at Texas. Was that stretch? Because I mean, you go back and like look at that West Virginia game, man. That was, I would say, either late in the Texas Tech game or that West Virginia game was probably the best we ever saw Hudson Card in terms of his ability to throw the football and run the
1: offense. Most confident he's looked. Behind center all, no question. all career.
2: So invest in the backup quarterback spot. Make sure you've got plenty of ammunition at that position. That is the one position where you cannot be left wanting. A position where Texas was left wanting two years ago were the edges. Cameron, you heard my stat, right, that I threw out about the edge defenders after I you know went and pulled some numbers from Pro Football Focus and did some napkin math on my own. From runs that hit to the C-Gap out on Texas in 2021 – Texas gave up almost seven yards per carry. It was 6.9 and change. Oof. Yeah. So the edges were pretty much non-existent two years ago. Now, last year, the emergence of Baron Sorrell kind of had your your veteran stalwart there at Ovia Gofu, a guy that, was he an impact player? No, nope. But was he a guy that you could just put there and know, hey, he's going to at least do the job and he's not going to really just screw anything up to where it's a detriment to your defense. Just a good, good, solid piece there on the edge. But now you need those edge guys to take a step forward. You need a a Justice Finkley to step up. And right now if Texas went and played a game today, I think it would be Baron Sorrell and Justice Finkley. Well What about Ethan Burke? What about Jamon Tapp? Uh, What about Colton Vosick? Sark went into some of those young guys. As he said earlier this spring, they're Rolodexing some guys through at those edge positions.
3: Um well I think Ethan Burke has done a nice job. Um I think that, that we've seen, you know, flashes out of him. I think we've seen flashes out of um uh Jamon Tapp. Uh I think there's some position flexibility in jure Bledsoe. I, I like the prospect of of Colton Vosick. Um I, I hate it if I'm leaving somebody out, but again, that we got a long way to go at that spot. You know, I think Sorrell clearly with the experience that he's had that he's played with, um feel strongly about that and if we can create more activity out of him, I think he had five and a half sacks last year. Can, if, if he is that front line guy for us, can we get that number you know up closer to 10? what would that look like for us as a defense? so um, but in the end, we're always trying to find complementary players and, and how do we generate that pass rush that we that we so want, right? Um, I think we're one of the top teams in the country at pressuring the quarterback a year ago. We didn't always get the sack numbers but we got pressure on the quarterback. But ideally, we'd like to get the sack number up because that means we're creating negative plays, and it probably means we're getting off the field on third down, which is a huge point of emphasis for us this spring and then going into the fall.
2: I still feel like their best pass rush presence is going to be on the interior until proven otherwise. Like I think Byron Murphy might be their best pass rusher. We know Tavondre Sweat has the ability in the middle of that defense to disrupt the quarterback. Uh, we've seen Alfred Collins do it in flashes, and man, I I really, really, really hope that Alfred Collins puts it together because, Cam, you've seen him in person plenty, and when you go out to the practice field and you watch Alfred Collins, you're like, man, when you put an NFL defensive lineman together, like that's what they should look like. like I think as long as he doesn't have just a terrible year, even if he has an okay year, I think Alfred Collins is going to get drafted next spring. It felt like because of the measurables. I think he'll test off the charts, and if he's productive enough that to to remain intriguing, I think he'll get drafted. And honestly, like at this point, I feel like Alfred Collins. I feel like his trajectory is a lot like Henry Melton in the sense that I think he's going to have a much better pro career than he will have had a college career. Do you think
1: that one of the most important traits for a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman, is the motor in your mentality? Because it, it feels like with Alfred that kind of like the same way with Snacks and even Ojimo like two years ago. It felt like they didn't have play on their best ball, and then this past season they both kind of balled out in the defensive line interior-wise became a strength, and it felt like we're waiting for Alfred Collins to make that step. And I'm curious, is that more of just you got to have maybe that determination and that hunger that we saw out of Coburn and in, in Ojimo that you need to have as an interior defensive lineman because it's such a tough position to play?
2: I, I think for Alfred, the big thing, and this is just me from the outside looking in, for me, I think it's he, he needs to have a defined role. I think at times, like I feel, especially two years ago, it just felt like they tried to do too much with him. Like, oh, we're going to play him at a three technique this game, and then he'll be at a five technique this game, and then we can move him around. Maybe he's just not a guy that can play multiple shades. Maybe he's a guy that needs more of a defined role. I don't know what it is. Uh, and I don't know. I'm always, I'm always hesitant, Cam, to use the he-needs-to-up-his-motor he to kind of deal because you just don't know. Is he having a hard time understanding it schematically uh, or the coach is not relaying the information properly? Like There's a disconnect somewhere, and I would just like to see whatever the disconnect is that's going to help him become a more consistent player. I would just like to see that disconnect fixed. But, you know, the edge guys, edge is one of those positions uh, there's a lot of talent there, but it's inexperienced talent. That's why Justice Finkley has the edge on those other guys because he's just played more than those other guys have. But, you know, it's going to be a big spring for those other guys, for Tap and Burke and Colton Vosick. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Chris Ross gets thrown in there since he's moved from interior D-line to edge. Bledso Bledsoe is the most intriguing guy on defense period for me because at you know, 6'3", 270, Sark has already said he, he was one of their best athletes on that side of the ball, period. Everything he brings to the table, you know, you could see him being a guy that is an impact player. But again, it's just where is he going to settle in? I think this year, because of the depth you've got, it's probably more situationally, kind of a more week-to-week thing on where you play him. But I'm really excited about Jare Bledsoe. But again, part of that group that's talented They're just young and inexperienced. That's why I think initially I think a lot of your pass rush pop is going to come from the interior with Byron Murphy. I have yet to talk to somebody, Cam, who has a bad thing to say about Byron Murphy's trajectory. Everybody in that program that you talk to assumes he's just ready to take off and take another step and be that next stalwart defender in the middle of that Texas defense. Everybody feels like Byron Murphy's getting ready to take off, and I would not disagree with them. I think the more snaps he gets – the better he's going to be.
1: Him and Mo Blackwell were two names for me that it feels like the more snaps they get this year, the more experience they have, another another spring in fault of the belt, they're going to be two key playmakers for a Texas defense in 23.
2: A, I'm a Mo Blackwell truther. I do not hide that. I'm very, very high on Mo Blackwell. Uh, and I'm not the only one who's high on Mo Blackwell. I've heard there's some folks inside the program that think very fondly of Mo Blackwell. Uh, that's going to do it for this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. We'll keep that conversation going in hour number two but coming up next to close out hour number one a little inconceivable on Light the Tower on the Horn live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com
0: Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
2: Inconceivable 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means Alright we we'll start inconceivable with a contribution from one Cameron Parker. Cam, what do you got?
1: It could be the traffic. That's been pretty darn inconceivable. But um, going to go to Jacksonville State baseball. This is about a week old. Um, don't think it's been discussed in the show, but one of the greatest laugh-out-loud moments I've had um, watching college baseball, and I feel really bad for this announcer. I'm sure you've heard it, Jeff, but um, don't do this Craig way. Designated
0: Hitler. Excuse me. Designated hitter looking to get aboard.
1: Sorry about that, folks. Yikes. Designated Hitler.
2: Always uh gives me an opportunity to bring up the uh chicken chain in Thailand that was Hitler fried chicken. <laughs> you know about the uh, Hitler fried chicken bit camp? No. Yeah, you know, there's just I don't know, apparently in Thailand they have some kind of weird obsession with Hitler. And In Thailand? I don't think it exists anymore, but yeah, it was Hitler fried chicken. It was like KFC, but instead of the colonel, it was it was Hitler.
1: Yeah, that's that's not going to fly.
2: Uh, not that we welcome these or we just want you to start flooding them, but uh, we did get an inconceivable contribution on the Specs text line. From MJ from Hearn. Hearn, the town that Walmart killed twice. Says, hey, Jeff, I have an inconceivable for you. I'm out here delivering mail. And a lady put some newspaper on the ground and sat on a bucket and used the bathroom. Maybe she's from Gerald. With two poop emojis. Cameron, have you ever seen nope. anyone drop trowel and nope. just relieve themselves in public? No. That's I don't know what I'd do. Like it It would be It'd be a shock to the system, man. So is this happening in Hearn? I don't know if MJ from Hearn is delivering mail in Hearn or just somewhere in the Bryan He's College home. Station, uh, okay. you know, metropolis. But yeah, somewhere in that area. I have, Haven't
1: been down so bad where I need to find a bucket to do my business.
2: But you been in like one? Have you been in one of those emergency situations where oh, a bathroom wasn't available? And what's the, what's the most? What's the weirdest place you've used for a latrine?
1: The um. The woods out in Big Bend, Texas.
2: Okay, that's... Was it, was it a camping trip? Yes, there's no bathrooms. Okay. I can't remember the golf course, and he should be thankful, but <laughs> Bucky told me once that he... Uh, there was a golf course in our Fairburg that he once found a tree and had to relieve himself because he wasn't going to make it back to the clubhouse. With Bucky Godbolt, does that surprise you nope. in any way, shape, or form?
1: No, Bucky Bucky strikes me as a guy who just bees in the of the fairway. He's just like yo, you get a five iron. Okay, give me a second.
2: I mean, everybody's heard the baked potato story at this yeah. point, right? Yeah.
1: Legalize it," said. "Saw a dude poop on Bourbon Street. That
2: does not shock me in the least. Bourbon Street smells like pee. Like I don't
1: Bourbon Street, even even Sixth Street, you'll you'll see some some people doing some I business.
2: Like I guess that you get to a certain age, and just the appeal of Bourbon Street or the touristy bar type places, it just loses its appeal. I don't know.
1: Well, once you you know once you open the seal you just don't really care right you just want to go especially if you're on bourbon Street'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're you've had more than half of bud light
2: yeah hey Cameron uh here in case you in case you didn't see it somebody sent us a picture of a uh, Hitler fried chicken see that see it's like the colonel but it's Hitler with the mustache and all yeah I don't know what they were thinking but it, it happened it' was real it's not a bit all right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up Inconceivable and wrap up hour number one. Uh, a nature-focused photographer recently captured an image of a bald eagle grabbing lunch to go as he took flight in Connecticut skies. Doug Gamel, a resident of South Windsor, went to Wethersfield Cove Inlet on March 8th to snap some photos of eagles on his Nikon camera. The retired banker has been uh, photographing birds, insects, and nature for the last seven years. Much of his work is dedicated to uh, photographing eagles and Gamel said he tries to catch the birds fishing, so he went to catch, you know, eagles kind of getting into the water and grabbing them a fish. Uh, Gamel said uh, he was uh, posed on a path between the waterway and the Department of Motor Vehicles building when he saw an eagle uh, began putting its legs down. That's a sign they're going to grab something. I didn't know it was a pizza until I got home. Gamel said the juvenile bald eagle, which he estimated to be a year and a half old, swooped down and grabbed a slice of pepperoni pizza. Before being chased by crows that appeared to wanted that appeared to want the same piece, Gamel was able to grab a shot of the surprising moment. And sure enough, there it is, man. An uh, eagle swooped down and grabbed him a piece of pizza. Was it Domino's? Nah, no word on what chain the pizza was from, but apparently the uh the eagle just wanted some pizza.
1: Hopefully it wasn't Pizza Hut, or else that eagle would have been gravely disappointed. That is, that's
2: closely related to animals doing human-like things, which excites me very, very much. So, hour number one of the books, hour number two, coming up with Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital, on the Horn app, and at hornfm.com.